I think the hardest part about our job is starting, right? Like, what do I write about? What do I talk about? And so I think of ChatGPT or AI specifically as like a thought partner or a friend that I can bounce ideas off of. But I use it by entering data. Like if I say, hey, write a thank you letter to, let's say for you, Dana, but I'll say D and thank her for a recent donation kind of giving details about that specific person and then it'll kind of give me an idea of what to talk about in that donor letter and it saves so much time hey there you're listening to the missions to movements podcast and i'm your host dana snyder digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and ceo of positive equation This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Missions to Movements. I am here with Dina Von Chung. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dana. Happy to be here. Yes. And I am so glad you are. I reached out asking people if they had utilized AI in their organization on LinkedIn and you responded. And I'm so grateful that you did. So, and for everybody else, if I put anything out there about wanting guests on, feel free, shout me down, shoot me a DM on LinkedIn, on Instagram. I love to chat with people about case studies that they're doing live, real in their organizations. And speaking of, I am going to be doing a four-part series in October where I want them to be like consulting calls. So essentially an organization can come on and we're just going to have like a digital marketing consulting call. So basically you guests get to ask me questions about your organization for free, no cost to do this, and your episode will debut in October. So if that is something that you'd be interested in, please let me know. Shoot me a DM on LinkedIn, just Dana Snyder, or on Instagram, Positive Equation with one E. Now, let's get to this exciting conversation. Now, Dina, because we connected on LinkedIn, I got to see your job title. And it was pretty interesting. So it was development officer, major gifts, which, okay, sure, we hear a lot about those, but plus data quality. Now, I love that addition. What can you share? A, who do you work for at the Family Giving Tree? And what does your role really entail? Yeah. So at Family Giving Tree, we're a small team of 19 total. And we're based in the San Francisco Bay Area. We serve communities throughout. And last year, we served over 84,000 individuals. That's a mix of, yeah, uh, children, families, adults experiencing financial hardship, seniors. But our biggest goal is just to spread joy by providing gifts, wish for gifts during the holidays. And then we also provide school supplies and backpacks during the school years to make sure that students are prepared for the school year. So you're really busy right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're busy from March through the end of the year, basically. (laughs) So yeah, back to back. And then our biggest biggest thing is making sure that the community feels like they're supported by others and they're not alone. So that's why I love working there. And a little bit about my background. So I started off as a major gifts officer, the first at the organization and just building up that program and then 
building relationships with the donors. And then I saw that there was a need for someone to lead the data analytics and quality of our Salesforce database. So this past fiscal year, which began March, I said, hey, it can, you know, I've been very involved in Salesforce and the data quality and creating procedures and policies for our CRM. So I asked if I could take that on and they said, yes. They're probably like, yes, thank you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But we know it's super important to nurture those relationships with our donors. So that's the main part of my job. But there's also the other part, which is more analytical, making sure how I like to describe it is it's like a tapestry. So every piece of donor data, every stitch, every interaction, a donation, a thank you note is all in there. But sometimes those threads can get tangled. So messy data, we're all familiar with that. And so my purpose is to maintain the intricate yet organized tapestry for a Salesforce integration or system. Yeah. And then I do that by auditing research and data refinement. And I also work with our team to make sure that all of that data can be used. So our donors feel seen and appreciated and valued. So smart. Yeah. So that's my role in a gist. I love it. Everything you just explained about what you're doing. A, I love the tapestry visual of that. Did you teach yourself kind of how to go through and filter through and do the data part? Or did you take any courses or professional development? So our organization's really big on professional development. I've always been very big on technology and teaching myself, but I was very lucky at Family Giving Tree, they invested in me. And so we've gone to Salesforce Dreamforce too, which is a huge convention in San Francisco where we can learn about all the different tools that nonprofits are using and how they're using it. I also take the Salesforce courses every so often to make sure I'm aware, but I've just, most of it has been learning by doing, so self-taught. Same. That's how mostly everything I've done too, but that's great. I love going to events like that where you can pick up, A, you can pick up really interesting trainings, but also meet and network as well. For anybody else who might be using Salesforce, is there something that when you've either gone to one of these sessions or you've like dove deeper, is there something about the tool that wasn't utilized that you've activated that's made a big difference? I mean, I think the biggest thing that we recently, and I'm still playing around with it, is Salesforce Einstein. Salesforce just recently invested a ton of money on their AI tools. And Einstein has kind of been in beta for a bit. And what it is, is it uses the data that you have within your system and will pull out and suggest ways you can use it. So if a donor's most engaged, if they're more likely to give more, it'll let you know. So I haven't delved too deep into it, but it's something that I've been wanting to invest more time in because I feel like it could be super helpful in yeah. identifying, you know, like if a volunteer donates so many hours and they're giving X amount, they may have potential to give at a higher rate. So things like that. Oh, fascinating. Okay. Which dives perfectly into the conversation around AI and why we're here today. So we connected right on LinkedIn, re-AI. So other than obviously testing out Salesforce Einstein, which is a great tool, hopefully everybody Google searches that, writes that one down. How have you really adopted AI technology into the work at Family Giving Tree so far? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways. The first is I use it for thank you letters. And since I work with major donors, like you want to make sure it's 
personalized and special to that specific donor. I think the hardest part about our job is starting, right? Like, what do I write about? What do I talk about? And so I think of ChatGPT or AI specifically as like a thought partner or a friend that I can bounce ideas off of. And so the other factor is making sure that you're keeping donor privacy private. And so you don't want to enter any specific names or personal identification. So But I use it by entering data, like if I say, hey, write a thank you letter to, let's say for you, Dana, but I'll say D and thank her for a recent donation. D is a podcast host and it loves nonprofits and kind of giving details about that specific person. And then it'll kind of give me an idea of what to talk about in that donor letter. And it saves so much time. I mean, I think the other important thing to remember is to make sure that you're still putting human factors into it and looking through it and making sure everything makes sense, but also making sure that your tone is in there as well. So it's a good starting point for a lot of the letters I create for my donors and allows me to personalize it and start somewhere. That's a great example on the thank you side of being able to do that. Because I think so many times we just stare at a blank screen, right? And we're like, Okay, exactly. the cursor is just like blinking and it's like, especially if you're like from meeting to meeting to meeting, it takes a little while for sometimes that like creative zone to take over and get into the groove of things. How about on the fundraising side? Are you using AI yeah. to help you on the fundraising side too? I am. So we use it for solicitation emails, direct mail. And so there's a couple of facets we use it for. So individuals will send them from our developer and officers. And then we also have a monthly newsletter that we use to send out to our general audience. And then we use that to come up with different ideas on certain topics we should discuss. Like for example, I know that we were looking for content on specific, might've been for AAPI month, like different types of topics to discuss. Oh yeah. So we use that to generate ideas and then come up and find the content to write about or develop. When you go into ChatGPT, because I think even sometimes people can go to ChatGPT and sit there and say, okay, well, how do I draft a prompt that's going to give me what I really want? What have you found is useful? Because I know it builds on itself. Do you have to like explain the type of tone of voice, right? Or personality you want it to have. How have you kind of like configured that or figured out a way to use prompts the best way possible? Yeah. So I like to use, I think it's like three key factors or key points to identify when I'm writing something. So I'll identify the purpose. So in this case, if we're talking about solicitation, I'll say, write a solicitation letter for our general audience. And so this can be used for any purpose that you have for ChatGPT. And then second is making sure highlights. So what things Mm. do you want to highlight? Is it the impact that your organization made this past year or is going to make. So things like that, that you want to make sure that it identifies or mentions. And then the third is like you mentioned, Dana, tone. So I use things like friendly or kind and grateful when using either solicitation or thank you letters. And so those are like my biggest outlines that I use. Yeah. Okay. That's super helpful. Outside of chat GPT, are you using any other AI tools? I am. So one, our organization actually adopted a organization-wide 
meeting take note taker called Update AI, which saves us a lot of time and allows us to be present during meetings. So the AI listens to us and takes down all of our notes. And at the end of each meeting, it'll send out an email to everyone. So skips the part of like having to even like email this to people and just does it automatically. Yep. And then it bullet points all of the key points and then it identifies action items as well. And it'll say who is responsible for what along with the funny thing is it does a little screenshot of the meeting, but you never know who it's going to take a picture of. So sometimes those pictures aren't that great, but it's really helpful. Like I said, saves us a lot of time and allows us to be present because I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm in meetings, I'm like, what did you say? Like, give me one sec when you write that down, you know? So you're like in two places at the same time. So this has helped tremendously. Is that a like Zoom app? It's a Google Chrome built in. And I know they have one specifically for Zoom too. So you can actually use it in multiple platforms. It works on Google Meet. It works on Zoom and other platforms if you're using like Microsoft and things like that. Awesome. Okay, very cool. That's a great one. Any other AI tools? Yeah. So personally, I use what's called Reclaim AI. It's a calendar management tool. And so, as you know, I have a full-time role, but on the side, I I do some consulting and workshops as well. So as you could imagine, I want to prioritize my time and maximize my time. So Reclaim is really cool because it puts all of my calendars together and then I can add specific tasks. So for example, if I need to write a or spend some time calling donors and advocate or doing that, it'll put it into a spot that I have available and I can specify whether I want to spend two to three hours calling donors. And then it'll look at my calendar and find spots for it. And let's say, Dana, you're like, Dina, let's meet and we can have a one-on-one and I have to replace that time. So Reclaim will find another spot where I can call donors and set aside two to three hours to call them. So I love that part about it. Yeah. So it takes some time to get used to, but it saved me so much time from having to reschedule and remanage my calendar. That's amazing. There's so many great tools out there. I think it's just basically coming down to finding what's going to work for you and getting in the habit of how can you can use it the best. And I think something that's really interesting is understanding how to use AI is going to become somebody's job, I'm sure. Like how to come up with the best prompts to give you the results that you want for sure. By using AI, let's just talk about maybe the newsletters, the solicitation emails, like thank you letters, what results have you seen? Like has anybody come back and been like, this sounds like AI or have people responded well to the fundraising emails? Like what have you seen on the on the backside? You know, I feel like I've gotten more responses just because I feel like being able to save more time by making more emails and sending out more emails because I'm not spending hours and hours trying to True. find out like what I should talk about. And so Thus, I'm able to send out more emails, which then garners more responses. So on my side, when personal outreach, I think, has significantly increased because I've been able to create more content individually. I think our team is really good about making sure we double check things and making sure that it aligns with our tone. And so a few of us have taken an ethics class on AI, and then we've also shared it with the rest of our organization. So So we're pretty in tune about how to make sure that we're staying true to our message and our, our tone for our organization. 
That's a great point. How did you guys find out about the ethics course? Was that online? We have a couple of organizations that we're part of. We're part of a policy nonprofit that we're part of, and they had advertised it one of our emails, and I was like, that's so important. And so I wanted to attend, and it was an in-person event. I'll go into this later, but it's a couple of, I'd love to recommend some of these people that spoke on behalf of ethics of AI, because that's a big dilemma right now. Yes, yes, totally agree. I know a friend of mine, Mallory Erickson, is working on a big fundraising AI event that's coming out later this fall. Yeah, she's in the Bay Area too. So that's going to be very exciting. Where do you think, and this maybe kind of leans on what we were just referencing, but how do you really think AI can create more efficiencies in the nonprofit sector in particular? So I think it'll save a lot more time in general. So a couple of things that I think it could help with is grant writing and research. So I've used it to identify specific grants that align with the program or use case I'm looking for. That has saved a lot of time. It also will give me links to find those specific grants and details. Like I mentioned earlier, personalized engagement. A lot of small shop nonprofits don't have the time to spend hours on writing specific letters for donors, you know, and so this allows them to have the upper hand and and really personalize those letters for donors. And I've also heard people can use it for program evaluation, understanding what's working, what's not, strategizing on program stats, and then donor analytics that goes more into like Einstein, I mentioned for Salesforce. And then donor search also has an AI for donor analytics and prediction on who to target and how to engage with them. So I think those are the biggest things because those are the ones I think that take the most of our time trying to identify those things. So AI kind of will allow us to save more time doing those things and then really focusing on building the relationships with our donors on a one-on-one level. Yes. Whatever the case is. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I love that it continues to like build on one thing after another when you start to enter in information. So it continues to learn. An example, I gave a presentation towards the beginning of the year and it was around, well, marketing because that's my jam, but it was essentially thinking through writing a blog post and leading to social content. My example was, what are 10 questions that somebody would ask about, and let's just talk about homelessness in San Francisco. So then there's 10 top questions. And then I said, okay, great. For numbers one through five, what are five SEO optimized blog post titles to answer those questions? Then it would give me those titles. Then I would maybe say, great, give me the one, two, and four a blog summary or an intro paragraph. And then I could build off that. And then you can continue to ask and say, okay, great. Now give me two Instagram real ideas for blog post number one. And it'll give you that. Just That's examples of prompts to continue it building down. And that allows you to... Like you were saying, it's like your assistant. It's not giving you all the creative like juices. You still need that. But it's at least prompting you and giving you like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Let me go ahead and now implement that. So I love that. As we wrap, any other tech tools that you are really finding fascinating right now or have been really helpful for you in your organization and your work? Other than the ones I mentioned, I think those ones are going to benefit nonprofits the most. But something that I just find interesting and I know that's constantly evolving is the AI on images and videos. That's always very amusing where you can literally type show me a 
dog and monkey riding a bicycle together in California's, I don't know, Laguna Beach. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. it'll build off of that. And I just think those are so interesting how a computer can generate those things. But then we have to also remember that AI and the data that's used can still have biases. So if you say something like, show me a cat with a cat lawyer, right? It'll have a suit and tie. So the assumption is that it's a a man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So things like that. It still needs a lot of work, but I find it so fascinating. And it's a true reflection of like where society was in the past, you know, or is is that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. My husband's played around a lot with the images and it is crazy how good it has become. So I love that example. So, all right, Dina, ending out, I want to ask you, we must know Going back to professional development, is there something you're reading? Are there podcasts that you're listening to for fun or professional development that you're enjoying right now? Book-wise, in regards to AI, I recently read this book called Future Proof. I actually have it right here because it's really good. Future Proof, Nine Rules for Humans in the Age of Automation by Kevin Roos. He's actually from the Bay Area. And I believe he wrote for the New York Times on technology, but I think he does a really good job about humanizing the experiences of the, he shows the perspective of CEOs of these companies, but at the same time will show how it's affecting people in general. So that's a big recommendation for me. Okay. I just wrote that one down. I'm going to need to check that out for sure. Yeah. Let me know what you think. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's a fun cover too. It's bright. Was that red or pink? Red. Bright red. Okay, everybody look out. Bright yes. red cover. Awesome. Yes. And just to wrap up our talk, thank you so much for your time. Is there something that you would like to ask for help or support on? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing and just like on my mind is making sure we spread the word about using AI responsibly and educating nonprofits on how to use it properly. And with that, I know a bunch of people out there who are working on workshops and fundraising AI is another one that just created the foundation on how to use AI responsibly. And I also do a couple workshops on just like 101 fundraising awesome. and marketing for use of AI. So yeah. Amazing. Okay. So if somebody's like, yes, sign me up for that. How can they reach out to you? What's the best way to contact you? Yeah, you can go to my website, which is helloandina.com. Dina is spelled D-E-N-A. And you can find anything that I just mentioned earlier there. Cool. Amazing. Dina, this has been so eye-opening. I am now getting to go into chat GPT and do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and looking forward to continuing to see all the wonderful things that you do. Thank you so much. And you too, Dana. I really appreciate this opportunity. You're very welcome. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories, and tag Positive Equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you. <laughs>